0: Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com.
1: I was talking to Jamie and Scott earlier and I was saying that uh, I don't know about you, but I'm the ripe old age of 67 and a childlike wonder is returning to me. And and to be able to look with fresh eyes at um, a story that we take the time during this time to uh, remember, although there's still the big debate of whether Jesus was really born this time or not. But all that aside, let's just take a, a time now to look with fresh eyes and perhaps even childlike wonder like myself and realize that. This is not all there is to life, that we have, we have eternal life and we have life abundantly if we would so choose. And so I'd like to pray. Father God, I just thank you that you decided that the best way to um, redeem our relationship with you and, and take that thing that was separate, separating us between you was to come in the form of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you are resident within us. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you will cause our eyes to see with fresh eyes. Thank you, Spirit of God, that truly God is with us, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. So let's start with Luke one twenty six, and read some scriptures. I'm reading out of the uh, New Living Translation, <clears throat> Luke 1 20, starting with Luke 1.26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel peered to her and said, "'Greetings, favored woman. "'The Lord is with you.'" Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. "'Don't be afraid, Mary,' the angel told her, "'for you have found favor with God. "'You will conceive and give birth to a son, "'and you will name him Jesus.'" "'He will be very great.'" and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke 1.34 Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the sons of God. I just want to say about this word, overshadow. Have you ever um, either made your own envelope, and you tuck something in there that was really special that you were either going to give to your mom or your dad, or maybe maybe a friend, or even a sibling. And uh, it was it was inside that en- envelope. Well, this word overshadow isn't just like a like a shadow, but it's like to be enveloped, to be enveloped in that shadow, to be enveloped in that presence. And I don't know what that does for you, but for me, it just it just made the Lord be closer, closer to the earth where He was uh, coming in the form of this. Uh, of this angel to speak to Mary. Verse thirty six once more what's more, your relative Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, isn't now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. And we know this scripture to be a really popular scripture that for with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. And when I looked up that word nothing, what do you think it meant? Nothing. Yeah. But it also had nothing, it kind of made some some points to me that I, I would like to share with you because sometimes we'll you know, sometimes we'll hear that as a as a quick response and some of us might even consider it a cliche and not even really pay attention to it at all. But in this particular instance it was really just pounding into my heart in a beautiful way that nothing shall be impossible. So you—you you, it won't be because you won't have the strength. It won't be because you don't have the ability. It won't be because you think you don't have the power, because nothing will be impossible with God. So in other words, to flip it around, you will have the strength and the ability and the power to do whatever you need to do, because he is with us and he does not leave us. Amen. So let's go on to verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I love this about Mary. Mary probably, to a lot of conservative uh, theologians, think that she could have been like 13, 14, 15. What 13, 14, 15-year-old do you know? that would respond like this, I don't know, maybe we've uh, fallen somewhat in our generations, but she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I'd like us to just, if you will, if you're you're willing, I'd like you just to respond to the Lord. And so let's say together, I am the Lord's servant. I I am the Lord's Lord's servant. servant. May everything you have said, may everything you have said, About me come true. About me come true. So let's do it again. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now we're going to Luke two. And we're going to see another angel sighting. Luke two, verse eight. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, I don't know about you, but really, I mean, the shepherds, they were tough people. They were like, maybe like in this uh, community, tough like fishermen. Fishermen are tough. I mean, they don't mess around. They're tough. And yet, when they saw this angel, it says here that they were terrified. And what does the angel say in the next thing after this? But the angels reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. He was saying, don't, don't be scared. Don't be scared away. Don't run run away screaming like a girl. You know, don't flee. Don't be struck with fear. Don't be seized with alarm. Do, don't fear us to hesitate in doing something because you're afraid or you're afraid of being harmed. But he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I'm told, although I seriously, I have not counted it myself, that there is do not fear is 365 times in the word of God. One quite quite conveniently for our Roman calendar, for one for every day of the week. So it's something that we all deal with. None of us, uh, none of us escape that. And, um, And so I love this, that he said that there would be great joy to all people. And this kind of joy was the kind that was showing God's kindness and was showing God's uh, uh, promises and his mercy. And also, it was also a way to indicate that it was like Messianic blessings too. It was a higher form of joy. It wasn't just the normal, usual joyful tidings, but it was joyful with that. Let's go on to verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I like that. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, I said it again, but it, it bears with repeating that, remember, the shepherds weren't high-level, top-shelf kind of people. In, in that community, they were kind of considered like the low run, the bottom run. So for the Lord to appear in such grace and such mercy to people who would be considered to be low was a great, great honor. And then there's Mary. I think Mary's like a lot of, uh, like a lot of uh, moms, although she, she got to carry the Son of God. Um, but I see us as moms a lot. We ponder, we think about, we keep thinking about it, we think about it again, and we think about it again, and we wonder many times what will it look like when our children grow up. for maybe a few teen years but you know verse 20 the shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen it was just as the angel had told them now we're going to flip over to Matthew 1 I want to read just one verse before we get into Jesus being born because remember Matthew was what what was he what was his occupation before he became a no. disciple no tax collector. Oh, tax he is a tax collector, collector yes. And so it, it it's kind of amusing to me that the Lord uses our personalities and he even uses our occupations because it, it's hilarious to me. Uh, you might not find it hilarious, but it's hilarious to me that this former tax collector not only knew where Jesus was coming from, but knew 14 generations plus 14 generations plus 14 generations. So uh, it was 14 generations from Abraham to David. It was 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile. And it was 14 generations from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. So so here's Matthew being Matthew, and he is giving us the numbers. Give me the numbers, Matthew, and he does. So now we go on to Matthew 2.18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, verse 19, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph was a virtuous man. He was an innocent man. He was a guiltless man. According, according to this word, he was approved of God. And so he didn't want to disgrace Mary. He just wanted to do this quietly, get this thing done. But now he's going to be joining Mary in a pondering. Verse 20 says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now here, Joseph is pondering, he's being brought to mind like this crazy thing that my wife-to-be is saying, and he deliberated, and the root of this word always also carries with it something that I've never seen on a flannel graph uh, in Sunday school, but it also carries with it passion Anger, heat, kind of like a boiling up, and then a subsiding, kind of like if you don't watch those cranberries really fast, that all of a sudden goes up, and then it subsides when you stir it, you know. And all, but I really like that this time around in looking at this with fresh eyes because sometimes it's it seems like that everything is so sanitized, right? It's so sanitized, and so perfect, and Oh, yeah, sure, this guy, yeah, he's going to believe that his wife is uh, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're drinking too much of the wine, you know. Um, But I like here that it tells the whole story, that while he's deliberating, while he's pondering, while he's struggling with this news, like, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, the Lord not only came and answered him, but he even showed him what the root of what was going on. And at the very root, he was fearful. At the very root. I thought that was uh, really neat. And so, as he was considering this, this is when the angel said to him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now for us, we might not think that was the biggest deal in the whole world, maybe, um, because we're looking back at it like it's already done, you know, because it is already done. But for their day, for a woman to not only have a son, but every woman wanted to be a part of Jesus coming of as, as the Messiah coming now they weren't looking at it in this way but every person every every wife every I'm sorry not every wife every uh, woman wanted to be that person and so he says he will you will have a son in your name to Jesus for he will save his people from their sins um, the angel said to Joseph sorry not Mary Matthew 1 22 and 23. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That comes from the prophet Isaiah in verse 7, verse 14. When when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relationships relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And now we see Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Many people, and I'm I'm, I'm in this lot, uh, believe that way back to the Babylonian exile when Daniel, remember he was like number two in the kingdom and he was instructing like the best of the best in, in the uh, Babylonian empire. And he, um, it is believed that he was instructing these not only in all the things that you need to know to be uh, successful in that empire, but also in astronomy, as far as the stars, and that the stars would have a message that they could uh, that they could learn from. And so when they came, it wasn't any big deal to them. They had been instructed. They had been it had been passed on verbally from generation to generation. And who knows? Maybe they even had uh, types of technology that we think they didn't have, but I think they might have had. More sophisticated things than we think, because I don't—I don't think that we're—we're we're all that, you know. But it's said that Daniel. Uh, it's believed that Daniel did instruct them, and um, and so this—this this is funny. He's coming to the King Herod of all of all kings, right? So let's go on to verse three. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and asked, "Where is the Messiah supposed to be born?" I think I mentioned this last year, um, somewhere during this time and season. But it, it is also interested, interesting to me that not only was King Herod just dis- disturbed, but it says, "As was everyone in Jerusalem, like, could you just say, like, could you imagine, Linda, if?" if you know, if you, you just had a baby and then all, next thing you know, all of Eureka's really upset about it. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, you know? And, and so it doesn't even make sense to me. But yeah. uh, I guess the, the, the telephone line verbally got through really fast. And so they were all disturbed in Jerusalem. And then it goes on to verse five and says, in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, which is from the prophet Micah two, uh, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I may go and worship him too. I'm thinking of him like with an axe behind his back, you know, as he's saying this, you know. Verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were filled with great joy. When I read that line, I was thinking, you know how the Bible says that the kingdom of God is what? It is righteousness, joy. peace, and joy. Yes, righteousness, joy, and peace. And so I was thinking, it's already starting. It's already starting, and the baby's just been born. He just came here. Verse 11, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. What I think is really cool about these people that, that, um, as far as we would count believers, were not even believers, but, but they not only accepted the dream, but they took heed to the the dream that God had gave them and they didn't return to Herod. That really blesses my heart and uh, makes me think of things that we've been told that I don't know if they're really true or not because um, it seems like there's a lot, a lot of conversations going on between God or God's uh, witness to people who don't even know him yet. So just putting that out there for thoughts. Matthew 2.13 After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Again, this is so beautiful to me, that angelic sighting again, and the heating of it. We'll see how the heating goes in verse 14. That night... Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt, which that was the prophet Hosea in eleven one. I like that again, Joseph as well as those wise men. He had immediate obedience and he immediately responded. He didn't just say, oh, I need a few more weeks. I'm going to roll back over and. We'll catch it, you know, at first life. But he immediately obeyed the Lord and, and saved the Lord. <clears throat> 2.16. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Harold's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Quote A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. That's um, out of Jeremiah 31, verse 15. Another sighting of angels. Verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. Do you ever wonder? I wonder. I wonder a lot. I wonder like a child. Like, I wish I could be inside, like Joseph's mind, and say, like, is, was this just so commonplace to you guys that you didn't have a second thought because you had a dream because you dreamed all the time and God spoke to you all the time like that? Was it like that or was it not like that? And it just uh, it just makes me so much more filled with, with the love of God that he cared so much that maybe they, maybe they wouldn't have been open to it during the daylight because they were too busy working, too busy providing, too busy doing other things. But when he went to sleep, like the scriptures say, that the Lord started giving to, giving to jo- Joseph even while he sleeps. So verse 21 says, So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Oops, I didn't find that reference, so sorry about that. I'm hoping that we'll have some gleanings from you all. I want to share a few of mine. Um, Luke had said a little bit earlier in, in uh, before uh, what we were reading that the census was taken, it, so it was a taxing time. Everybody had to return to the place of their birth. You know, whether they could afford it or not, they had to go back to their, uh, the place of their birth. It, it was the rule of the land. And so imagine yourself if you had to go to, back to the place of your birth, and what a hardship that was. That It was a very much a taxing time. And I think we could also say, in our lives right now, that we could consider this to be a really taxing time. If some of us haven't had a bad uh, three years, maybe we've had a bad three or four months. But it has been a taxing time as far as what has come to uh, 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 to, to uh, my desk, my office, my ears. And then I love how Matthew, his audience was the Jews that were going to need to have the scriptures so that they could search them. I love how Matthew just nailed it. Each box was checked, down to 14 generations, 14 generations, and 14 generations. That if they wanted to, they could search the scriptures and they could know. And I love that Mary accepted the Lord's words and she declared her allegiance to his will. And something else that was impressed upon me this time around So many people will come to me and they'll say, "Like, I just want to know what God's will is. I just want to know what God's. I just want to know if I'm in the middle of God's will." And I mean, there's so many things you could say, but by looking at this this story again, Jesus coming with fresh eyes, I am convinced that Jesus will get us where we need to go. That we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be in fear that we're not going to make it or we're not going to make it to the right place, that he's very capable. He's very, very capable of speaking to our hearts, even if it's in a dream, and to get us where we need to go. So um, does anyone else have anything that they'd like to share?
0: I, I find it interesting that you're doing Psalm 132 this week. And because you read from Matthew, and that is the fulfilling <laughs> of the throne of David in Psalm one thirty-two, is really about David and his unconditional eternal promise of having a Messiah come on his throne. Yes, that's, that's powerful. And also, when I mean, you even talk about Mary, where we read, "No thing is impossible with God." That word "thing" is actually a rainbow word; it's declaration. And God actually uses a double negative in the original Greek. So what He's really saying is. It is impossible for yeah. what God declares to not happen. So he's not just saying it isn't impossible. He's saying no, what's impossible is for what I just declared to not happen.
1: Yes. Thank you. That's that's excellent. Excellent. Anybody else?
0: It just reassures me to stay steadfast steadfast in the Lord and and just keep to your you know, keep your guns with God and and uh and follow him and in the end, you know, he will prevail, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you know, just it's, a, it's our path. Yeah. That he has provided for us. We just have faith and all that and, and uh in him mm-hmm. and gives us peace. Yeah. Through the journey.
1: Did you want to say anything about the star, the Bethlehem star or anything about the Heavens, anything additional?
0: Well, I mean, we mentioned in the Purim a video, but it'd be too long for to explain the video, but just the power of, we're so afraid of words like astrology, which we know is, you know, deceitful, but we forget in those times, they did look to the stars to heaven. And as you mentioned, most scholars think the wise men, it was heritage from generations, with when Daniel was in charge of all the wise people in Babylon, that it was, they were looking for a Messiah in Judah, which seemed weird for aliens, foreigners, except that they had already been handed down to them for generations when Daniel ran the rulers in Babylon. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? You I have to be shy. Well, I'm taken aback by the immediacy of their obedience. Joseph and Mary, and it's like, there was no hesitation. But that tells me that they trusted God totally, totally. And it says that Joseph was faithful. Well, he was so obedient to do the contrary in that day that good things came from it, you know. They fulfilled the word of God. How beautiful is that, is if we, if we obey immediately, we are fulfilling the will of God. And what a, what wonderful things can come from that, you know? Amen. That's good. Last call. Anyone else? <clears throat> All right, Jerry. Someday I really though we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find out about the stars before the Romans and Greeks messed with that. was really cool. Really cool tells the story of Jesus every year.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.